My name is DeForest Soares Jr., and I'm dreaming of a black Christmas. That means that my dream is that we would all be in the black, owning more than we owe, earning more than we spend. Our assets are greater than our liabilities. If I can help you achieve that goal, contact me right now, mydfree.org or 1-844-MYDFREE. Happy holidays. This is the Forest Stories Jr., and I'm dreaming of a black Christmas. That means that my dream is that we would all be in the black, owning more than we owe, earning more than we spend. Our assets are greater than our liabilities. If you'd like to be in the black this Christmas season, contact me at mydfree.org. Welcome. This is DeForest Soares Jr. My friends call me Buster. My enemies do too. This is the D-Free podcast. We call it In the Black because we want everybody, especially, especially black people, to be in the black. That means you own more than you owe. You make more than you spend. Your assets are greater than your liabilities. Be in the black. This podcast is sponsored by Prudential and it is owned by the D-Free movement. My co-host is Tamika Stembridge, attorney, hip-hop retiree, and all things genius. Welcome, Tamika. Thank you, guys, and welcome to D-Free in the Black. This episode of the D-Free in the Black podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prudential. When I was a teenager during the 1960s, there was a term that was commonly used among a variety of organizations, and that term was unity without uniformity. The idea was that we could be unified even though we disagreed on various strategies and philosophies. Now, fast forward to today, and what I believe we can all agree on, despite our differences, is that black people are better off with less debt than more debt. I I don't think there's any religious conflict. I don't think there's any political conflict. I don't think there's any philosophical conflict with that assumption. And if we agree that our people would be better off with less debt, meaning less debt gives us the ability to invest money, no debt gives us the ability to buy insurance, to leave a legacy, less debt takes stress off of our minds, bodies, and souls to ensure that we can have lower blood pressure and less disease. Less debt gives us the ability to invest in real estate. In other words, if we're going to reach financial freedom, if we're going to achieve the kind of outcomes that we love to talk about and pray about and clap about, if we're going to buy our own neighborhoods, if we're going to leave some resources that when we die can be used by our families, if we're going to support African-American institutions, if we're going to become philanthropists, it means that we have to earn more than we spend, save more than we throw away. Our assets will have to be greater than our liabilities. And my own personal experience is the way you get there is you stop using credit cards, you stop paying high interest, you stop paying last month's bills with next week's check, you stop living paycheck to paycheck. I've also been the beneficiary of having my income increase over the years. 
But if income increases before you control what you have, then higher income simply means higher expenses, higher debt, and your financial status does not change. As a result of this perspective, I have invited every national black organization to join the Billion Dollar Challenge. The Delta Sigma Theta sorority has accepted this challenge, and it's simply this. By the end of 2020, we're attempting at the Defree Financial Freedom Movement to help 100,000 African Americans pay off $10,000 in consumer debt. If 100,000 African Americans can do like the Delta Sigma Theta chapter in Las Vegas, Nevada, that has paid off in one year $400,000 in debt. We can shift the money that we were paying to Visa and MasterCard and Macy's and GMAC into insurance products, real estate, savings for emergencies. That's the billion dollar challenge. I have been an activist all of my life and I have concluded that there is no greater cause than that cause that invites our people to take control of what we have because if you don't use what you have, then you don't deserve what's coming. The Billion Dollar Challenge is at the website BillionDollarPayDown.com. It's simple, it's easy to use, and it's absolutely free and confidential. And so my challenge to you is to accept the Billion Dollar Challenge. Pay down your debt, increase your savings, and launch your journey into financial freedom. This episode of the D-Free in the Black podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prudential. Hello, my friends. Uh, We are back on the D-Free podcast. We call this In the Black, not because it's just for black people, but being in the black means that you have more than you owe, that you save more than you spend. And uh, so the concept is a very positive concept when you look at when you look at finance now, the word black has been derogatory in so many in so many areas, but when it comes to money, black is good. And so that's the podcast in the black. My name is DeForest Sores. I'm the host. My co-host is Tamika Stembridge, attorney Tamika Stembridge, the executive director of the D-Free Global Foundation. We scour the country to look for the best minds and the most uh, giving spirits to share information freely with our people, and we have such a person with us today, Attorney Olivia Stoner from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who specializes in helping us prepare for the ultimate act of our lives, and that is transitioning from time to eternity and making sure that we have our business and our house in order. Attorney Stoner, welcome to the D-Free Podcast. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here and to share and at least to speak on estate planning issues because um, I worked for 23 years in a bank trust department, and one of the things I realized was that no one was really educating our community on the art of creating generational wealth, which really starts with having a firm and clear estate plan during life. So the as a pastor and as a leader in a financial freedom movement, the, what, what normally people say to me is, I don't have enough to do an estate plan. Well, you 
(laughs) (laughs) and I get that a lot, but whatever you've acquired in this lifetime represents your estate. And most people, when they say they don't have anything, they do have a bank account. They do have perhaps a retirement account. And if they have home ownership, if they own their home, they have that also. So um, most people do have some sort of an estate plan. And then you have to look forward into the future where people inherit from others. And many of us have uh, our heirs to air property in the South Mm -hmm. where um, without you doing anything, you might realize you've inherited uh, from someone else. Right. so, and it always is best to have a plan in place because, and what happens for most of us, because this is not something that you that is forced on you, most people don't do anything until an event occurs right. or there's a health crisis. That's right. That's right. And, and a lot of times it could be too late if the crisis incapacitates you to the point where you're not able to do anything. So when people call us and ask us to refer them to someone, we, we often refer people to you who, who just don't know where to start. Explain to the listeners what, what they should expect when they come to see you and you begin the process of helping them plan their estate. Okay. So we, your, the assets that you acquire during your lifetime are, are supposed to be secured to support yourself first. So within your plan, though, we're going to be looking at all of the assets that you own and try to, I help clients identify what would be a probate asset and what would be a non-probate asset. Mm-hmm. And that's a distinction that um, most people don't understand because a lot of people even will put in their will how the proceeds from a life insurance policy should be distributed. But any source of funds where you have named a beneficiary, like life insurance right. or your retirement fund or your pension plan, 401k, IRA, all of those assets or even a joint bank account, by contract or by title, you've given them given that asset to another person. Mm-hmm. So that falls outside of the terms of your will and your executor would have no control over those. I so see. those are non-probate assets. Still taxable in Pennsylvania for inheritance tax. Um, New Jersey has a much more lenient inheritance tax structure, and I'm not sure how the uh, non-probate assets are treated, but in Pennsylvania, everything that you own, no matter what source it's coming from, with the exception of life insurance, everything is taxable, and we tax from the first dollar. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. And, and New Jersey has an exemption amount. It has to be over a certain amount. Right. And I believe if it goes to lineal heirs, there might be some other exemption. Um, in Pennsylvania, it's taxed from the first dollar, and the rate of tax is based on the relationship. So only a spousal relationship gets a zero rate where there's no tax. So the point is to know the rules of your state. Yeah. Know the rules of your state because all inheritance tax is state-specific, and it is a tax on the transfer of an asset from a deceased person to a living person. I see. So, you know, they tax us in every aspect of life. Right. I was going to say. Yes. Everything is taxable. So it sounds like there's a, there's a, a process in terms of planning 
Um, yeah. And there's some key tools that I know most people should consider, and we'll talk about those in a second. But there's the process of planning, but then there's also the thought around just, you know, wealth transfer strategy and making sure that your family is going to get, I, this is really going to sound bad, the most bang for the buck in terms of when the transition happens and what the actual financial implications are of the plan. That um, is and, correct. And so yeah. in addition to yourself as an attorney, once you, you know, talk about the documents, um, I just want to remind our listeners to also be thinking that your financial advisor, your accountant, your wealth manager should be involved in helping to craft the process so that as you're making your designations, you understand the tax implications and the structure of all of that and actually what's going to be left. Even that if you think, correct. you know, you're leaving it all to your kids, it's like, what are you leaving them and what are the tax implications um, and otherwise of that? But can you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the essential documents? Like when I, when you say estate plan, mm-hmm. it, you know, am I writing this down in a notebook? Like what, what does that look like? What are the key okay. pieces? Yes, that- the elements of, of an estate plan should start with your lifetime documents, which would be a power of attorney, and there are two types because you, we're more often to become incapacitated before death. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that incapacitation is, is the phase of life where if you don't have a power of attorney in place, your family cannot step up with all the privacy laws and things of mm-hmm. that nature now no one can transact business for you or even make medical decisions. So a medical power of attorney would allow an agent, you as the principal, <clears throat> excuse me, appoint an agent to act on your behalf, and the same thing for financial. Those two uh, documents are lifetime documents which upon death uh, no longer valid. You have to be alive for a power of attorney to work. The other is a living will, which is, your end-of-life decision. So um, most people may know if they've gone to their doctor or a hospital, they've asked them if they had a living will. And that is so that the hospital will know to what extent you want to be kept alive if anything should happen. So the powers of attorneys and the living will are living documents that you have to be alive for them to be valid. Upon your death, your last will and testament is the only document where you control who receives what, when, and who should be appointed your executor to be in charge of administering your estate and who the beneficiaries, you know, of your estate should be. Now, most people may not have a will, and if you don't have a will, then your state determines the intestate succession. So intestate means you've died without a will, and the state determines who gets what, when, or who is eligible to serve as the administrator of your estate. So you can always tell if a person had a will if the, per- if the personal representative is called an executor. If they're called an administrator, that means there is no will. Got it. Wow. And very often I will say to a person, especially if there's a limited budget, that if the state intestate succession laws is the same exact distribution as your will, which would be for most people to my children and if there's no spouse or if there's a spouse to the spouse, if the, if the state is going to say that, then the more important document to pay for is your power of attorney. Right. Primarily because without a power of attorney, then your family has to get a lawyer, has to go to court, And it's a court proceeding for the appointment of a guardian of your estate and of your person, two sides to that guardianship. 
and that can be very expensive. Legal fees are expensive, and court proceedings, mm-hmm. um, you have to, it's a real trial where the doctors come and testify, and uh, um, it could be timely and expensive. And in this jurisdiction anyway, most families uh, go, may wind up in court, but nobody in the family gets appointed. Mm. They allow for, they have a list of other lawyers and other people that get appointed, and I haven't had any families who were satisfied with the whole intervention if the court is involved. Yeah, I was going to ask that. You know, we had a situation here where one of our members died. Uh, She was in her 90s. She had two sisters in their 90s. And I was able to arrange for the sisters to go to the um, county surrogate, uh, in Somerset County and mm-hmm. sign over their uh, executive responsibilities to a third party because mm-hmm. they, they lived in somewhere and, and mm-hmm. they couldn't be here to conduct the business. Uh, is, that, is that customary? Yes. Okay, so what you're referring to is the renunciation. Okay. And it's, it's their renunciation of their right to serve as a personal representative of the estate. Right. And if they don't live in the jurisdiction where the person died, very often a bond is required. Right. So to save on posting a bond, and that's like purchasing a, it's a one-time fee you pay to an insurance company that you don't get refunded at all. But because the because the if the personal representative resides in a different state, you have to go through uh, more hoops if they misappropriate the funds. Mm-hmm. That most states do require that a bond be posted. Mm-hmm. In which case, you you can avoid the bond if they sign a renunciation, which merely says that they are renouncing their right to serve as administrator of the estate in favor of another person. Where I see a lot of people get confused, that word renunciation, they think they're renouncing their right to to inherit. Yeah. Uh-oh. And a lot of times the person who's appointed will come to me with these renunciations saying, oh, they all, they, they're not interested. They gave up their inheritance. Right. They appointed me, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally wrong. And there are many, many states where the person who was appointed took all of the assets and the the actual heirs, the remainder of the heirs, were disinherited and then couldn't afford to legally pursue uh, because now you've got to get a lawyer, you've got to go to court, you've got to, there's a bunch of legal fees to try to get your rightful inheritance, and even if you win, there may be a situation where the money isn't there anymore. Yeah, we had a situation like yeah. that too. In fact, the court actually named someone because the um, survivors were all... Uh, minors. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And and this fellow was appointed by the court to handle the estate because both parents died, and and the guy stole all the money. Yeah, yeah. And 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 a lot of times they he is charged with holding it until they become of age. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And and I've had many, and this also happens when people put assets in trust, and if they name an individual as trustee for the benefit of a child until they become of age. I've had many children come to me after they become of age because now the trustee is non-responsive and there is no money left. Right, right. So I, I come from the, the corporate world where I truly believe if you're going to put assets in trust, you need to have the ability to appoint a corporate trustee or a trustee 
who has longevity who, and, and someone who has deep pockets if it's misappropriated and things like that. And someone who doesn't need your little money uh, to that, live on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the access to the money, and I keep thinking the person probably didn't start out trying to cheat, but when you're in hard times and right. you have access, maybe there was always, an, you know, thinking the high road, maybe they always had the intent to put it back. But of then course. You, you never do. You never can because you, you're digging deeper and deeper into that... <laughs> In that red hole. <laughs> no, that, that's that's how lawyers mm-hmm. use their clients' trust money, and mm-hmm. end up being disbarred. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yes. so how would someone go about looking for an estate? A, you know, an estate planner or an estate attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an attorney myself, and I just listening to the stories, you could get overwhelmed by, you know, everything that's out there. And just like you know, dealing with debt, people just put their heads in the sand and say, "Y'all figure it out after I'm gone." But, you know, the empowered move is to just get in front of it now and figure it out for yourself. So how should a person go about looking for um, an estate planning attorney? Uh, You could start with your local bar association and you look for people who specialize in estate planning. Uh, One of the things about having a will is most uh, any attorney who specializes in any area feels that they can draft wills. Um, where the complication comes is if they start to overlay that with the, with the more advanced documents like trusts. And I had a, a horror case where the will and the trust were in conflict with each mm-hmm. other, and the family members, after the death of the parents, um, they were in, in a battle to the extent that by the time we they, they got to the end of this litigation, the money for their inheritance was exhausted. It started out over a million dollars, and then... With the, wow. Between all the attorney fees, um, the court required that the executor get her own attorney, ultimately, and that's how I got involved. Mm-hmm. And once I looked at that situation, I felt it was just a, such a, a, a horror story because the lawyer representing the estate was not an estate planning specialist mm-hmm. and had given all the wrong advice, which is why it kept escalating in the court system. Wow. Yeah. So you want to have, whenever you need legal advice, you want to look for a lawyer that specializes in that area. Right. Well, you certainly specialize in that area. Yeah. And for our listeners, we're talking to Olivia Stoner, who is an estate lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. For uh, years, she has been one of our key advisors for DeFree. She's come to our DeFree conferences and done workshops, mm-hmm. and she is our attorney of choice when people have the need for estate planning and legal assistance, we always have her uh, at the top of our list because if she can't help you, she'll just tell you that. And I I can refer you at least to, I know, a good New Jersey estate planning attorney. And uh, I can speak for her and myself. We both are, uh, would like to and will be resources to our community for advice. Right. Uh, Anybody that needs, has a question, is free to call and there's no clock running on the conversation, and any uh, information that would be required uh, is available from me, especially if you're, if you're a Pennsylvania resident. Um, I, I have an outline for people who can't afford to hire an attorney where I just want to make sure you know what has to be done wow. and the timing and what you need to do it. Well, Tony, we, we, we have more followers in the South and in the West than we do mm-hmm. in the North and the East. Mm-hmm. So um, don't be surprised if you get a call from Wisconsin <laughs> <laughs> or Alabama. You might get one from That's Alabama. right, from Birmingham, Alabama. Yep. 
Uh, yes, how can yes. people contact you? Do you have a website? I do have a website, um, Stoner Law Office, um, stonerlawoffices.com. Stoner Law, um, that's S-T-O-N-E-R, lawoffices.com. Great. Yes, offices, plural. And, um, yeah, so I'm available and uh, welcome any concerns that people might have regarding estates or probate. Cause that's, Great. That's my area. Right. Well, I can't thank you enough for your years of support for what we do. Uh, we, we are passionate about all things financial, um, and you certainly are one of the key resources that we need in our community to take very, very seriously. So thank you. You're welcome. And let me just end by saying that um, our greatest resource is our health. And as when you have your health and do it early on, it's... Life insurance is the only asset that can be transferred income tax-free and inheritance tax-free. Right. So there's no, no taxes reduced from life insurance, and it can represent a legacy to the next generation um, to, all, to assist. And, that's, and we need that, that sense of leaving a legacy to financially support the next generation. Yep, yep, yep. Well, listen, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Huh? And... Um, we look forward to seeing you in October. We're having our, what we call our homecoming conference this year, where everybody that's ever been in D-Free or touched D-Free is going to come back together and celebrate and recognize and get ready for 2019. Excellent. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I look forward to seeing you guys again. Good. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Have your traditional D-Free in-person classes been interrupted by COVID-19? Use our free online D-Free Academy to pick up where you left off and progress on your journey to financial freedom. Once you register for the D-Free Academy, skip to where you left off, or if you're new here, start from step one. Get started today at mydfree.org.